So hi, on the Good Noise Podcast here with Daniel Sherman, or we're going to ask him some questions today about all sorts of shit, because you're always working on stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're going we're gonna to start off with the newest single, uh, Bulletproof Umbrella. How do you feel with the response to that so far? Congrats on it, by the way. Yeah, thank you. You know, it was pretty cool. It was a trippy video that I dropped, so I really wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. You, you never know. You just never know, especially with that Uncaged series, because it's it's kind of really out there. Yeah. And so I've never really done the whole, there was some like dance club, like inspiration <laughs> to that track. And then like the rap was super, it was like very big Sean inspired. And then I like T pained my vocals. And then the video did like this thing where it looks like you're tripping on acid when you're watching it. And so I really like, I was like, I don't know what the frick is going to happen with this one, but here, and then it's like my second most streamed song now, so that's cool, I guess. Okay, all right, all right, Mr. Famous. <laughs> uh, so on top of like everything that you're doing, because you're always busy, uh, you also released a new music video for your single, Apathetic. Tell us about the process for that music video, because it was it was kind of cool. It was kind of we, cool. we both watched the premiere. We did. We were there. <laughs> you were on the same account in the chat yeah. too. Hilarious. <laughs> I had to type in caps. It was great. It was great. Oh man, that was the most miserable experience in my life so like i knew it would be and that was like intentionally the worst. why the hell would you do that then yeah so i there's this unspoken rule for like a video like whenever i do a music video where like if i don't leave injured in some way Huh? Like it, it didn't happen so like you want to wind up uh, in a hospital like one video in my life I didn't end up like legitimately injured from, and that video is not out yet. So yeah. like this time it was more of a psychological injury mm-hmm. than like a physical one, because that water was actually freezing Aww. Like it was early in the morning. I just woken up and I'm going to be releasing behind the scenes pretty soon from that video. But like I legit, like my hands were tied up and I fell backwards into the freezing water. I think nine or like 10 takes doing the same thing over and over oh my god and then like they dragged me on a yeah. rope back oh, to like the surface and i was like actually kind of drowning but i didn't know oh, because i needed the take and i didn't want to get rid of that visual the and then like so i also i have um what's called psychological tremors so when i'm under either physical stress or mental stress my body shakes mm-hmm. um and so, like, I'm not, like, acting at all when you're seeing me just, like, really brutally shaking in those, yeah. like, performance takes. Mm-hmm. My body's actually, like, having a very strong reaction to me jumping in that pool so many times. So it was miserable, but it was really important to me to get that visual for that song. So it was worth it, I think, maybe. Like, you're going to wind up, like, seriously hurting yourself. Like, what? <laughs> nearly drowned i've never heard yeah. an artist go yeah every single time i leave a video shoot i want to be injured exactly. dude every time every time like even if you look at uncaged that music video there's a shot where i'm standing on top of the broken building and i'm like hitting my head like this and you can mm-hmm. see blood running down my elbow because the very first thing we did was all these takes where i'm inside this metal cage Mm-hmm. And I was rolling around. The shot didn't even make it in the freaking video. Oh, my God. But I was rolling around in the cage and, like, having it clutter and doing like, going upside down while rapping. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see the rusty barbed wire in the corner. Oh, <laughs> and my it, God. And it, like, punctured my arm. And it, I was bleeding everywhere. And that was, like, 10 minutes into the video shoot. We were there God for, like, damn. Hours. 
are you okay? Is, isn't like <laughs> rusted like metal not good for you? I, I'm caught up on my shots and stuff, so nothing happened. But good. I mean, I think nothing. Maybe it's like a long term thing. It'll catch up to me in a couple. I, eventually, we'll get to you. <laughs> you know? Um. So, uh, can you tell me a little bit about your writing process? I guess just in general, because we're chatting about all sorts of shit, so it's hard to yeah. pinpoint just one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's really. That's hard because I think it's a little different for every project. It depends if I know I'm producing myself or which producer I'm working with or if it's Crown and Chains or every project's a little different. And the one thing that I kind of always keep the same is that I, I start with lyrics every time. Um, I never want a melody to influence my thought process or my emotion. I always want it. I'm really like anyone who's worked with me will tell you that I'm like, pretty particular kind of a control freak definitely to a fault for sure um and it's really important to me that if music is so emotional and personal the way i present it um and i never want anything outside of my own experience or my own emotion to influence what i'm saying if that makes sense so if i'm feeling something i will take the time to leave whatever situation I'm in and write about it so I can mm -hmm. capture those lyrics in the truest and most genuine form that there is. And so every song, like regardless of what project, will start with the emotion, the experience, the feeling, and I'm going to write it as soon as I can to feeling that emotion to make sure I capture it while it's still there. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I understand that. As uh, Shane mentioned before, we're kind of just going to cover your entire discography. Yeah, uh, so can you tell me your favorite lyric that you've written? And oh, <laughs> that exactly, makes the yeah. question that much harder. Mm -hmm. It's the uh, one that like... So we're talking about like all your songs. So out of your 8 million and 3, which lyric And then tell us favorite? the meaning behind it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness. Oh, that is such a hard question. Favorite lyric? Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. You could stick like if it helps narrow it down at all because I know like you've got the band, the solo project, and whatever mm -hmm. the hell else you're doing. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> we can just stick it to the solo project because that's what okay. we're chatting about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, that sounded sarcastic. That's actually <laughs> helpful. <laughs> Let me clarify. So I'm the sarcastic asshole. Like Come legitimately on. helpful. Um, you know, I think my favorite right now. I'm gonna say right now because you could ask me in 30 minutes and I'd give you a freaking different answer. Um, that's <laughs> Right now, my favorite lyric I've ever written is never been a loner, but I kind of want to try it. Um, that's that lyric pops up on the song Crowds, which is the closer to my album with Giovanni Piazza. It's called Evolving. Mm -hmm. And um, that song is all about like I pre pandemic, which is crazy. That's even a sense we have now pre pandemic. I was like the guy who thrived on big social settings like if i was in a group of 50 people i'd be the one who throughout the night would talk to everyone at least once i like totally like really vibe with that the stage is like my home i'm a performer more than i am a songwriter really that's like where i thrive and now like as i'm thinking towards what's going to happen after the pandemic because i've spent so much time like locked away i have this like crazy new social anxiety i'm dealing with that i'm not used to where like I'll meet up with five people outside social distance or whatever. And I'm so uncomfortable now mm -hmm. with even five people I'm so familiar with. So to me, that song's kind of like, I've never been the guy who's had trouble making friends, but that feels so much safer for some reason is kind yeah. of the drive of that lyric. If that makes okay. sense. 
Yeah, I, I completely understand that. It's the same for me. I haven't even met up with my friends yet, but I'm terrified to meet them again, even though like I, I'm a social person. I like to talk to, as you said, like everybody in the room. And it's yeah. just like, oh, it's so, ugh, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird times, you know? And so mm-hmm. that's the big driver of that song is just there's this transition that's going to happen eventually if we're going to yeah. go back and we're going to have to go back and learn how to do what we did before. And it's... Mm-hmm it's like the big one of the bigger lyrics in that song too is i remember when this was easy it's like we're gonna have to go back and relearn a bunch of stuff that we've never had to think about before it's gonna be weird yeah yeah definitely oh god um so for this question I'll pick. sorry i just stressed out glory so for this question i'll, I'll just pinpoint one song for you to tell me uh, the headspace of uh, tell me a little bit about your headspace behind writing uh, bulletproof umbrella yeah that's a Thank you for being specific. That makes yeah. it so Yeah, because you, you could sit here for an hour and a half and tell us the headspace behind every single song. Yes. Uh, there you go. Um, Bulletproof Umbrella is, you know, so, so all those songs were written just for history of the album. They were all written in one night between the hours of 9 p.m. and 5 a.m. Um, I just Christ. wrote early in quarantine and I like yeah. started with one lyric, which is the lyric of inside. I don't want to be inside. And then it turned into a 40 page word document with full flesh, like lore and story and music video storyboard, all that stuff. It was fully fleshed in that time. Mm-hmm. And so I was really wrestling with a lot of things at that time. Um, there was quarantine and the toll that was taken on me, on my mental health, on my social life, on my academic life, since I was doing school online, there was, um, this was right after George Floyd. So I had the black lives matter movement on my head and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, There's just, it just felt like the world was in flames. And um, the big drive between this song was if we're going to get through this period of time, that's weighing a toll on everybody in different ways. Like everyone has their own thing right now. Mm-hmm. Like everybody in some way, shape or form is dealing with this in a different way. If we're going to get through it, we're going to have to do it together. And so that song is sort of on the record, like my cry for help for, if I'm going to get through this, I'm going to really need other people to stick around and I'm going to need people to need me to stick around. And I'm going to need people to need me to need them to stick around. And that's kind of what that chorus line is saying. Like we gotta, it's going to take all of us to get through this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's that's fair. All right. <laughs> so unlike Shane, I'm still going to stick to a broad uh, spectrum for your music. So while listening through your discography, what band or artist influences pop out the most to you? Oh. <laughs> um, that's so hard again because the sound difference. I'd say <laughs> I'd say lyrically, the biggest person is the rapper NF. Um, mm-hmm. He's the reason yeah. I started writing. He has a line on his... Um, his therapy session album and during the song therapy session where he says, um, I need this, this music is a therapy for me. And that was like why I started writing lyrics. I was like, I didn't know that could help with stuff. And so I started writing because of that. And so naturally, because that's where I started, I have the same like vulnerability as him, but in terms of sound, I don't even freaking know anymore. I mean, there's a lot of Lincoln park in my vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, after live shows have told me that I rap like Mike and sing like Chester, oh, which is yeah. like yeah, I can big, hear that. big hitters, like in my ins- inspirations. So that's cool. Um, 
No, I think, I think it really does depend on the project a lot. Like for example, if I was to talk about terrible 21, Mm -hmm. I'd say that was a combination of like, if you took folklore by Taylor Swift and combined it with early 2000s pop punk. Yeah. And then like also combine that with a young band's first demo album. That's what that is. Wow. (laughs) And that was what I wanted it to be. Like in my head, that's exactly what I wanted to execute. Or if you look at my hip hop stuff, I'd say my biggest influences for that are like Big Sean, NF, Logic, Kendrick. Um, But it it just really, every project's so different. It's hard to pinpoint. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That was good. Uh, so this question should be super, super quick. Off the top of your head, I want you to describe your music for new listeners in three words. No more, no less. Don't shake your head at me. <laughs> I mean, you remember when yeah, we did the James interview, how uh-huh. I forced Tyler to answer first because yeah. it stresses me out? <laughs> yeah, well, there's no one else here to push the question off on to. I know, it's terrifying. Yep. Three words? You said three? Yeah. Three. Your uh, entire discography. Three good words. freaking luck. <laughs> That's good. That's a good listen, one. Listen, I haven't even gotten a chance to listen to your entire discography, and I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just from, like, it's Twitter hot. clips and just listening to a couple of songs, it's just like, holy shit, the sound difference here is just... Yeah, it takes, you know, I, I've always told... Because I I have very dedicated listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Very dedicated <laughs> And I've told them so many times, like, it takes the most special person to listen to an artist who in one song is screaming bloody murder mm-hmm. and in the next is, like, doing a Logic-style rap over yeah. samples from a 70s sitcom. Like, yeah. I don't know. There, not many people can do that. And I love that I've got a really loyal group of people who can do that. Yeah, it's insane. Definitely. Oh, my God. Yeah, your fan base is, like, they're really cool. They're horrifying. They're awesome. Oh, God. Yeah. I somehow have like a lot of really cool people. Like they're all just nice. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so kind of in the same vein of the last question, is there a certain feeling or emotion you want your listeners to have while going through your discography? Again, we know it's a very broad no, spectrum. I got this one. This okay, one's okay. This, I got this one. You know, I've always music for me has always been a place I put like the my darkness the darkest parts of whatever i am like the things that i would never say to someone in person the music is my safe place to explore that but even though like i'm i'm expressing my darkness and kind of giving it a place and and releasing that i want it to be about hope every time anyone listens to it like i'm going to talk about you know everything i've been through really blatantly in my music that's what i do yeah. but i also want people to listen to that story exactly as I just described it as a story there's a progression to it. And, you know, if you see me outside the music, you can tell that I've gotten through whatever it is that I'm singing about or rapping about. And so I want people to clue into that, that there's a, there's an arc and a character development and a, and a story. And even if it maybe isn't always presented to seem hopeful, or even if you're in a chapter that reads darker, um, I want it, to very tangibly and very evidently always take the listener back to hope and to see hope in their own stories as well. Oh, wow. wow. That was a really good answer. I like that answer yeah, a lot. Yeah, it was a very good answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so for these next couple of questions, I promise we'll be a little bit more focused. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim, Kim just kind of messages me like, you want to have Daniel on the podcast? Like, he's just doing a bunch of shit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we really didn't have any direction for this one. Um, Kim so is the bomb. You, you, I know, right? 
I scored with that one. She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> she has saved my life so much. She's the best. She's amazing. You couldn't do all of this and then also manage your own project. There's not a way. No, no. you know, I, I was just thinking about it the other day. Like, I'm really lucky to have an intern who I have to tell to work less instead of one who I have to battle with. Prod, to yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I see her on the timeline, just like always pushing you guys, and I'm like, wow, she she's aces very seriously. Like, could it's she crazy. intern for Good Noise Podcast too? Could we could use <laughs> someone like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you recently got one of your tracks uh, produced by Mike Shinoda. I want to know how that opportunity came about, what that was like. Just tell me everything about it. Tell me the whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Most terrifying experience of my life. Probably. <laughs> I yeah. was like, let me tell you, I just released King Suffering, the novel, the day, like, less than 24 hours before mm-hmm. this happened. It's like noon 30. I'm scrolling through the gram, mm-hmm. and I just get a DM from him that says, hey, it's Mike, which, <laughs> like, one of my musical heroes. Hey, it's Mike. Like, first of all, you're not, like, no transition into hey man like this is what's happening he just said hey it's mike can i produce you on my twitch <laughs> that's terrifying i like i peed everywhere <laughs> i mean <laughs> all like the walls like everywhere. Oh. i'm like what is happening and so i'm just like yes <laughs> and he's like cool song. and i'm like okay hold on we gotta we, we gotta catch up a little bit yeah i was like, like how you been man i was exactly. like so I, I sent him a message that was like obviously yes but i don't know what you've heard of mine i didn't know how he'd heard of me i'm guessing kim at this point <laughs> like, yeah kim probably yeah. i still don't really know but i'm guessing kim and so i'm like i kind of release music under a lot of different sounds it's really confusing what have you heard what do you want me to do and he was like oh i didn't realize that just send me like one of everything and i'll decide Huh? And I'm like, so then that gave me a new heart attack because I was like, what do I send him? I yeah. know he's going to listen to this. So I sent him a Crown and Chain song. I think I sent him King Suffering. I sent him Chapters, which is on my record with Giovanni. And I sent him Halfway, which is on another one of my records with Giovanni. Mm-hmm. And I just gave him those tracks. And um, he responds and he like clearly listened to those songs. Like two hours later, he left me on red for a long time. He responded like two hours later, and he clearly listened to those songs, but also just decided to listen to everything. <laughs> oh my god! Citing all these other songs of mine, and I was like, ah. Uh. And so he basically was like, "I want you to do something that combines like all the different stuff you could do. Mm-hmm. Like, just send me a song that combines everything that you're capable of." And that's the worst answer he. Yeah. Because now I'm terrified out of my mind. Because Mike Shinoda is like, "Yeah, you're good at a lot of stuff. I want you to do all of it <laughs> in one song and just give it to so me." What it kind of turned into, I ended up sending him way too many demos. He was so patient with me. Mm-hmm. Like he's a very patient man. He kind of mentored me through the songwriting process for like a week, just over DMs back and forth, and it was so cool. I overwhelmed him and scared him. The poor guy. Cause I just like sent him so many rough, like just me doing flows, doing demos, whatever. And we finally landed on this track where it was, uh, it's almost like post Malone, but a lot more experimental, mm-hmm. um, okay. which is cool. That's like the experimental things. My vibe. He like was apologizing on 
Twitch stream, he was like, this is way more experimental than, than I meant it to be. And I was like, let's <laughs> go. Um, and it, it, it just turned into a really cool track. But, I mean, that's most of the story. I could talk about it for hours, which you probably don't want. But <laughs> well, that's yeah. what we needed. The, the other thing I will say is just that he is, you know, I think Mike has always come across as like a really genuine, humble figure in rock and in hip hop. And he 100% is exactly how he presents himself everywhere. He is like just genuinely wants to give as much of his time as he can to other people mm-hmm. and just put positivity out there and help other people along. And that's hundred percent. Every interaction I've had with him is totally that. So he's well, just a stand up guy. I'm glad he wasn't like a dick or something behind the that scenes. Was, Cause that so always bad. sucks. That would have been heartbreaking. Yeah. But he really is just amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. And from what we know, I don't think you've put out like a release date on it. So when is that coming out? When will we be able to hear that? I know I've already heard it. I'm sure you did. You heard it? It's in our DMs. (laughs) You have the song. Are you serious? Yeah, I listened to it before I left the house. I'm going to listen to it now. Let me ask you a question. Do you know when this episode's being released? Absolutely not. (laughs) I don't know, like a month. If you release it tomorrow, then I'll just announce the release date. I don't know. It comes out on April 9th. Okay. <gasps> okay. All right. Very oh, yeah. sick. Sick. This is my question. Sorry. <laughs> so on top of everything that you've done, I'm blown away by that. Grandson actually selected you as the like, musician yeah. of the week. Firstly, how did that happen? And what was that like kind of having a gigantic spotlight on you? Was that another Kim moment? <laughs> uh, yes, that was 100% another Kim moment. I have this. So there's this thing I do where when an artist like a big artist is like interacting with fans. I'll like send it to Kim and be like, it's time for you to pull out that Kim thing you do. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You're the Kim thing. And then she does it every time. Like she just does the Kim thing and it works. And so he had posted about how he's doing the XX live streams and he's going to be shouting out an artist every week. And so I sent it to her and was like, I like, I, she's a huge fan of grandson. I was like, Kim, you have literally never in your life been more prepared for something <laughs> than getting my music on this guy's stream. Yeah. Like, this is your destiny. And she did it. She, like, man, it was every week my Twitter would blow up on Sunday afternoons because she would rally all these people to just spam him with my at on, uh-huh. on Twitter. And uh, even in the stream... He, before he announced to me that it was me, he talked about, like, I've seen this dude's name everywhere, and I've ignored it. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He was like, I didn't, he's like, I haven't listened to him before. I, like, didn't want to, I did, just didn't have time to listen to him before the stream. I've just been ignoring it. We're just going to play it on stream for the first time. And um, he chose two songs that would not have been my first choice for him to listen to. Oh. Okay. Um, which is fine. It's I have so much stuff. I like it's, it's all hard different to sound. That's too. the real mm-hmm. problem with what I do is that some if I give someone just my Spotify, there's no telling what they're gonna hear first and if they're gonna dive into it more if it's their thing or not. But yeah. So he played a track off of Terrible Twenty One and then he played Halfway. And um, you know, it's just surreal because that happened two days after Mike announced my song too. So I had two like people who I bump on the regular yeah. in my rotation, like affirm my music mm-hmm. in a really big way, yeah, really close together. And it's, you know, I think it just, it, the big thing was just, it was overwhelming to be honest. I was in a meeting 
preparing for my digital live show coming up and mm-hmm. you know storyboarding that and all that stuff when grandson announced me and I was like I it, it just comes out of nowhere and to go from a period in my life where a lot of what my early songs are about is a lack of support for my music from people who like know me personally who you would think would support me mm-hmm. to now having like musical heroes being parts of my journey and like even there's been other stuff too like there's been artists who I listen to who have just dm'd me and be like, hey, I saw like you posted a cover of our stuff or hey, like I've, you know, you've we've seen you on socials or someone mm-hmm. floated your name over here. Like, keep going. It's super legit. Like that stuff. It's it's when you've ha- when you start getting that mm-hmm. after spending so much time being told your music is a joke. Mm-hmm. There's just no there's no better feeling. It's it's yeah. unreal. It's unreal is the only word I know how to say. Even Unreal, surreal. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's only a matter of time until you're taking over the world because <laughs> I don't know you, about that. I'm not stopping taking over the world. I saw that Wiggles interview. Come yeah, on, now. Oh my that's God. the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was awesome. I had you people calling me, texting me, saying that we've peaked. So <laughs> no, dude, that's the beginning. That's Just what the I'm beginning. saying. Yeah, Dardway, where you at? Let's do it. Uh, uh, so just have Kim do the Kim thing for you guys. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for the last couple of questions, we're actually shift away uh, from music. So if you could be an animal uh, for the rest of your life, uh, what animal would you be? Moose. Immediate. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen the Hobbit movies? No. Yes, of course. There's what? a scene in the third one, Battle of the Five Armies, yeah. where the big A motherfucking <gasps> moose yeah, yeah. Beers all those motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, listen to this. You see, you, imagine you're in war in medieval times or mm-hmm. now. It doesn't even matter, really. Yeah. You're like, you. this knight charges you. He's on a horse. He's got a sword. You're like, yo, that's kind of intimidating. It's a dude in steel armor on a horse. Mm-hmm. If that motherfucker rolled up on a moose, you'd, you'd wet your pants for sure. Yeah. Like, it They're would be huge. so much scarier. Yeah definitely moose i think they are a slept on animal that is so intimidating and majestic as frick completely agree that's wonderful Uh, so if you could only listen to one song for the rest of your life what song would it be oh man um wow that is a really difficult question yeah it's a big one uh i'm hold on i'm gonna open up my my apple music real quick (laughs) apple music (laughs) <laughs> well we don't need to go in we don't need to unpack all of that i think we do <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to unpack everything that we just oh, we just God. heard just now um you know i think can i switch it to album and not do song i don't know if i can do song for the Is sake of time yes we'll let yeah, you do sure. an album mm-hmm. i would listen to i i listen to, to pimp a butterfly by kendrick lamar once a month i would so true. Bump that album that would be the only album i listen to all right solid choice i like that one um so this is the last question uh if you i need you to walk with me okay if you're on a desert island are we holding hands while we're walking sure we can hold all the hands uh so you're on this desert island you can only bring one book one movie and one person who would you bring (sighs) okay book do comics count sure Mm mm-hmm Nightfall Part Two, which is a Batman comic. Oh, okay. Um, really sick comic. I could reread it all day, every day. So that'd be my book. You said one movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tenet, 
Christopher Nolan. Oh, okay. Greatest film ever made. Probably a hard disagree from like everyone ever. I don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. Greatest film ever made. Greatest accomplishment in cinema. And mm-hmm. one person, mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds. So yeah. true. I love Ryan Reynolds so much. I would die for that man. He's not same. I would. Mm-hmm. I would catch a grenade for him. So true. Yep. <laughs> so I want to interview Good Noise Podcast. Can I interview you? I'm taking over this interview. Is that right allowed? now? Yeah. Okay, right now? Sure. Yeah. Can sure. I, I have yeah. two questions that I've prepared for you. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. And uh, there's this thing I do with questions. Everyone asks about favorites. I don't give a frick about your favorites. I want to know your second favorites. So what is your second favorite color? Oh, my so second Jesus. favorite color? Oh, it's red. Red used to be my favorite color until 21 Pilots turned that around. Now I'm just stuck with yellow, even though I don't like 21 Pilots anymore. So red. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. Probably like gray. Wow. So black and gray. I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> a list in your head of first, second, and third, like at all times, just equipped, ready no. for questions? I do. Yeah. No. Yeah. I respect it. All right. Final question. Good noise podcast. Okay. Oh. You got to think long and hard about this one. Okay. This is the most important question you're ever going to be asked. Okay. What is your second favorite cereal and why? I don't uh, eat cereal. Yeah, I don't eat cereal either. I don't like cereal. <laughs> I like my own um, like oatmeal cereal. It's not like oatmeal. It's just like oatmeal. Hold, hold on. It's pretty good. I have not once asked a per- – for the record, I asked a lot of people that question. That's like mm-hmm. a common question that I asked just to get conversation started. I'm that weird guy at parties who you're like minding your own business. I'm like, what's your second favorite cereal? <laughs> so I have never been told by someone, I don't really eat cereal. And I just got it twice yes. at the same time. Okay. Listen, I don't even eat breakfast, let alone a cereal. Homie, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Glory, no, I roll out of bed five minutes before school. Do I have time to eat? Absolutely you not. You I'm point. that guy who eats cereal at 2 a.m. I don't eat breakfast. Okay. <laughs> I just eat cereal like in the night hours. <laughs> Rick. Well, Sorry. we got you. I... Boom. Boom. Me. That's what I get for trying to take over your podcast. You just got good yeah. noised. Boom. It, is that what that is? Getting good <laughs> no. noise? That it's it's going to catch on, Glory. It's going to catch on. Catch on. <laughs> you just got good noise. Suck it. That's the noise that follows that? Wait, do that. I need that noise again. Yeah. I hate that. That's so that, is, that is horrendous. Um, is so. Horrendous. And I'm stuck with this. <laughs> You're stuck Brutal. with me. You're, You're not getting rid of me. You? You huh? seem like such great friends, but in real life, yeah. you're like I am stuck. I with hate this man. You're stuck I'm with you. Stuck with this. That is brutal. Oh, <laughs> um. So apparently, that's all the questions you have for us, and that is also we have all the questions for you. I completely fucked up that sentence. Uh, is okay. there anything that you would like to plug? Um. Yes, I have a live show coming. It is a digital live show combined with a long form music video. Um, I'm going to announce the release date on your podcast. So oh, true. Okay. I haven't said it anywhere. I'm going to say it right now. Okay. We go find the release date in my notes. You don't know it. Don't bring it up. I decided the release date yesterday so I could announce it on your podcast. Oh, okay. Um, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We're almost there. I'm so scrolling. Close. All right. Don't I can only imagine what your notes out. look Waiting. like. Don't freak. It's bad. <laughs> it's real bad oh i got it okay. uh the premiere is going to be on may 21st right. wonderful and so right. it's gonna be a bunch of songs from my three album run with uh, producer giovanni piazza so it's mostly hip-hop alternative hip-hop type stuff mm-hmm. um i'll also be doing 
what you want produced by Mike Shinoda for the first time live on there. Yeah. And um, the cool, what's going to kind of make it different is that it's going to be recorded in the studio. Um, this tracks are going to be studio quality live performances, but while you're watching, you're also going to be seeing um, kind of a story unfold through pieces of different music videos that I've shot for every song mm-hmm. uh, through complex set designs and things like that. So it's going to be hopefully really engaging and just a really, really big experience. I would love for everyone ever to be there. Obviously, good noise. You, of course, are invited as two of my favorite people on planet Earth. Obviously, Looking at my calendar, we can make that work. It is during the week. (laughs) It is not on the weekend when I'm at work. We will be there. (laughs) Perfect. But yeah, that's pretty much the only thing I have to plug besides what you want drops on April 9th. So wonderful. Hell yeah. Oh, and I just listened to it. It was it was really good. thumbs up during the podcast yeah really? sorry that's impressive multitasking glory's the one that's allowed to multitask i can't yeah. because i'm recording so glory's always listening to oh did over you there. fix your uh your camera thing uh, no it's, so they're it's still very... not gonna see you well i mean like now that the clocks have changed the sun is different behind me so it's like mm-hmm. blowing it out so it's all white behind me instead oh. of like making me really dark i don't know i'm just learning as Shane's we go the struggle yeah. is real yeah like maybe it would be better if i just didn't have three windows behind me um but three is a little excessive not three is it's definitely excessive a, a lot more than one it's yeah exactly. just have two like me yeah exactly and you've always got your blinds work mine don't yeah i mean well <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> My blinds just, the, the light just comes great, through anyway. Great input, great input <laughs> <in> the conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's how 95% of the meetings go. It's exactly. just me talking and going, on. Yeah. I mean, you did just make the official good noise sound. Earlier. Yeah. yeah. You're not the only one making horrendous sounds. <laughs> it's like a collaborative effort. I exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how we, Glory and I, communicate just in random sounds. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's pretty sweet that you have your own code. Can you teach yeah. me that language? I would learn. I'm sorry. It's secret. I would learn the language for you. I hope you know. That's the level our friendships reached. Our super, super intimate Twitter friendship. <laughs> that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you for sitting down. This has been Daniel Sherman and uh, We're the Good Noise podcast.